Welcome to the Expanded By Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea. I'm a business mentor, brain rewiring certified coach, and soon to be 7D, a high energy healer. On this podcast, we're going to be talking about all things business growth, spirituality, brain rewiring, mindset, energetics, and so much more. You can connect further with me on Instagram at Expand with Chelsea and on YouTube at Expand with Chelsea. I am so excited that you're here. I hope you leave today feeling expanded by what we talk about. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I have an incredible guest for you today. I cannot wait for you to meet her if you haven't heard of her already. Well, you're in for a big treat. Christina has been one of my mentors for the last year and a half, and I have been lucky enough to be able to learn from her, spend time with her, and I truly consider her one of the people that has had the biggest positive effects on my life. So I'm so excited to be able to share her with you today. Before we dive into the interview, first I want to give you some updates. So if you are listening to this on the day that it comes out and you are interested in joining Scale, you're interested in running a group program in the next couple of months, just know that you only have a couple of days left to join this round. Enrollment closes on Friday, this Friday, April 1st. No, that is not an April Fool's joke. That is the absolute last day that you can join us for this round of scale. I'll put the information and the link to apply in the show notes. Basically, this is everything that you need to know all about creating launching the entire launch process, yes, and selling out your group program. You do not have to have launched a group program before in order to join this, and you do not need to launch a group program while we're in the 10 weeks together. If you feel this call and this pull to launch a group program in the next year or so, this is for you. The material is yours to keep for a lifetime, so don't worry. Even if you don't feel like you want to launch right now, you'll be able to refer back to this. We'll work on gaining confidence, stepping into your power, really cultivating your voice, making sure that you are putting things out there in a way that feels authentic, unique, and sustainable for you so that when you go to launch your group program, You'll have built up the confidence prior to launching. I'm so excited about this. The women inside are absolutely incredible. I cannot wait, cannot wait to see what they do inside this group. I'm already celebrating. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so expansive and beautiful. Again, the link with more information, you can find it in the show notes. And my second update, if you left a review of the podcast this year, be sure to send me an email with your home address or whatever address you want this prize package sent to. All you have to do is send the email to hello at expandwithchelsea.com with your address and I will send you out a prize package as a thank you for leaving a review of the podcast. Just a little token of my appreciation for you as a listener for taking the time out of your day to leave a review. I am seriously so appreciative of every single review that has been left. It seriously just makes me melt reading them. It's it's I'm a very direct person, but I'm also very, very sensitive. So reading through the testimonials literally brought tears to my eyes. I was like, oh my God, like they're so nice. It's just... It's been seriously such a fun journey for me to 
step up to the challenge of recording two podcast episodes a week, and it just makes me happier than anything to know that this information is landing, it's resonating, that you are enjoying the show. So again, if you have left a review of the podcast in 2022, be sure to send an email to hello at expandwithchelsea.com with your address, and I will be sending you out that prize package. I can't wait to get your email. All right, without further ado, I am so excited to introduce you to the one and only Christina. All righty, I am really excited. I have one of my mentors and friends, Christina, with us today. I am so excited for you all to meet her. She has, I mean, what do I even say about her? She's changed my life probably more than any singular person has thus far. And I'm really, really thankful for her. I'm so excited for you to get to know her. So I actually, you know, this is one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, Christina, is how do you even describe yourself to people? What, what's kind of like, <laughs> like, what's your elevator pitch? Oh, I don't, I don't have one. I, I just let my vibration speak for me. It's funny because one of my friends, I was on my friend Teal's podcast like a couple of weeks ago and she asked the same thing. She was like, how do you introduce yourself? I was like, I, I just avoid it. <laughs> I just don't. I said, no, I mean, to be honest, to be honest, I, it, it just depends on the context that people meet me in, but you know, I, I am an intuitive, I'm a channel, I'm an energy healer. Um, you know, I, I think of myself as like running a spiritual training school essentially. Um, so I started off in the health and wellness industry and worked as a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and, uh, specialized with people with chronic illness. And that led me into energy work and intuitive work. And I built my business pretty quickly. And I had a lot of people asking me to help them with theirs. And I was just spending so much time kind of business coaching people on the side and uh, then just got guided to kind of go leave nutrition really and go all into business coaching. Um, And so I did that for, for a while. And that was when we met, obviously. And the spiritual stuff, I've kind of always been going on and it was threaded into all of the work I did. And then, uh, I got the, the nudge to kind of just go all in that direction. And so, yeah, now I focus mostly on, you know, intuitive work and and channeling and really helping people raise their consciousness and tap into their own intuition. And to me, that is really how we, we create magic in all areas of our life, you know? And, and if I look at, the the common themes between somebody healing their body, right? And, and and optimizing their health and wellness or creating the business of their dreams. Like what's underneath all of that has been the spiritual piece. And you know, for me it it has been a process of of going through those different chapters and honoring those different chapters of me and then realizing just because I'm good at something and just because people want me to do it doesn't mean that I should do it. So it's just been this constant recalibration to like, what am I, what am I really here to do? Which is usually like, it's the thing that like, for me, at least it feels so easy that it doesn't seem like it can be right, you know, and we've talked about that a lot. And so, um, you know, that's kind of how I got to where, where I'm at now. And I still, now I work with, I work with entrepreneurs, um, and it's really more in a, I don't even know what you, how you would describe it. Like, I mean, it's, it's business, it's life, it's, it's everything that it's one. It's, it's like spiritual advisory really. Uh, and that's what, what I really like. So, you know, I train energy healers and, uh, have that whole side of it and, you know, work with them, all my entrepreneurs and 
because we're the most fun we have we have you know that will to really push things and generally you know (laughs) we're not afraid to make big changes and shifts and I think that that's what drew me to you in the first place was you had I, I started following you when you were doing nutrition and I remember the second that you announced that you're like I'm gonna I'm gonna start taking on business clients I was like oh I'm working with her like I'm mm-hmm. where's that like application link I'm doing this thing and mm-hmm. you know from my side to be able to see you pivot pretty seamlessly from all of these different it's kind of like peeling back the layers to get to where you you were truly you know I'll put this in quotes meant to be but you had to go through all of those transitions first tell me a little bit about those transitions you know was there fear involved leaving you know where you were at previously to go you know do this other thing Oh yeah, a lot. And <laughs> I tend to go through this. I mean, I'm actually going through it right now again. And it's been something I've been working through over the last couple of weeks. And it really wasn't until like this last weekend where just the knowing the clarity dropped in. And but I'm I'm kind of used to the process. That doesn't make it any less uncomfortable. I'm still uncomfortable and and have the fear pop up, but I'm because I'm used to it, I can just kind of observe it and allow myself to go through it and honor the process rather than uh get so swept up in it and feel like it's the end of the world. Cause I I always know like, you know, something better is on the other side of of this. So I'm kind of used to this like death rebirth process. And it's always been an ego death, you know, because with, with each pivot, a, a lot of people in the business space, they get, they talk about the pivot, like the, the dreaded pivot. And to me, I don't think logistically it's that hard, to be honest. To me, the hard part is the energetic bit. It, it's the ego death that goes along with it. It is the, I built this whole thing. And now I'm like, I want to tear it down. Right. And that's scary. That's scary because you're, you're going, you're leaving what's comfortable and stepping fully into the unknown. And it's like, you know, your ego is telling you, why would you leave this when you know, you can make this money and you're really good at this and people already want this. And you're just deciding to like jump ship makes no sense. Right. And so you have all that doubt pop up and all that fear pop up and you know, am I really going to bet on myself in this way? And what if it doesn't work out? And am I making a big mistake? And, and so, and, and for me, because I feel, I feel people's energy really intensely. And a lot of it also is guilt that, that will all, will move through around feeling like, you know, I really want to be there to support, to support people, but there's a balance there of just because somebody really wants me to be, you know, their nutritionist, does that mean I'm going to put my whole life on hold so that this person is happy because they like me in this box, you know? And I had, I had some difficult conversations and dynamics with people who are really upset that I was shifting my life. And I took a step back and I'm like, really? Like, you know, and I, and I like, like, really, like, like, I understand that, but I was realizing how I was, um, elongating the process because I was so worried about it making somebody else uncomfortable. And I'm like, okay, well, this one person wants me to stay in this box for them. That's kind of selfish. Right. And am I going to not live my life and go in the direction I want just because of that one, two, three, four, five people. But also that's also their fear talking. Right. And like, what if I can actually support them in a much deeper, profound way when I'm truly in my magic, because it's really not serving anyone when I'm in a situation where I'm feeling out of alignment. It's, it's just not helpful for anybody at all, you know? And, um, I feel like a lot of those people who are upset about, you know, different pivots I've made because they wanted me to stay there. They still wanted the education big picture. I've served them much more deeply, uh, when I made those pivots and it's often, you know, what people didn't know they, they needed. Um, so I've definitely, I definitely always have fear. I have, it's a whole ego death. It is, 
you know, I've, with every pivot, I've also lost a lot of relationships in my life. Um, and, and had to really face like where my ego was attached to this certain identity and this network and people I was close to. And I had to really be okay with, you know, am I okay with losing relationships or people not respecting me or thinking differently of me because, because I'm deciding to follow what's in my highest alignment and my joy. And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Right. Because I think about like, that, that's a, that's a rude awakening of, of a deeper truth of what is this relationship really like? And I think about me and my friends and I've, I've seen my close friends go through many transitions and pivots and I've been nothing but supportive. And I'm like, whatever, whatever the crazy thing is, if you're pumped about it, you you fucking do it. You know, I don't, I don't care. I'm supportive. And I, I want to, um, receive that back, you know? So for me, there's been, to me, the hard part about pivoting has been all of the other underlying stuff, like the ego attachment, the relationships, um, other people's expectations and, and feeling their energy and then wanting you to be, uh, in a certain place. Like that's a hard part to move through, but yeah, there's totally fear that comes up that comes up during it. Um, and I, notice that and I observe it and I go into it and I feel it. And I also at the same time am in awareness of my higher self and my soul and how I really feel. And I can be aware of my ego and let it have its space and be like, yeah, you're afraid and that's okay. And also we're not letting us, we're not letting that stop us from doing what we need to do. Right. Like if my kid is in the back, in in the back of the car screaming, cause they don't want to go to soccer practice. Like I mean, we're still going to go to soccer practice and you're going to have a, you're going to have a great time. Right. Uh, so it's, it's that kind of energy, but yeah, it, it definitely has been scary. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's really good for people to hear that too, because I feel like, you know, when you're running a business fear, it's not, it doesn't just go away. Like you actually, yeah. it's, it will keep popping up and it will continue to come up in your face, whether it is, you know, having a hard conversation with a client or, launching a new program or pivoting. And, you know, I feel like you have listed off, you know, a couple of situations that you were able to move through and you pivoted now a couple of times, you know, maybe you don't even think of it as pivoting. You're just like working more towards alignment, but what are some of your favorite, you know, practices? You said, "I, I like to feel it. I really like to feel it. What is that? How can you tell somebody, you know, Hey, I want you to sit and you, I want you to feel your feelings. Does that mean journaling? Does that mean talking to a friend? Does that mean just Mm -hmm. like even getting clear on what they feel in the first place? Yeah. Uh, I actually just recorded a podcast about this. Uh, like it's basically what I do is I just block off. Like if I could do a whole day, great. It's usually like a half a day or it's, it might be like, I'm going to be like, okay, after 3 PM today, I'm done. And from 3 PM on, I literally just like sit and and feel, (laughs) I just like sit and I think, and, uh, sometimes I journal, sometimes they pull cards. I just like open up the space. Um, but a lot of times I just like sit and think, and I also call for my guides and I'll just have a conversation. I just let it out, you know, and sometimes I need to write a letter. Um, you know, often when I'm making a transition, like I'll write a letter to that older version of myself, or maybe it's a course or a program or whoever I need to, like wherever there's, there's energies, I will write a letter. Uh, and, and I'll also usually do some embodiment work. So I'll dance it out. I just like get my feelings out. I, I, I try and like trigger my, <laughs> it sounds messed up. It's, I'm not, I'm not telling you what to do, but I'll, I'll like, 
trigger myself into feeling emotions, which honestly is something I've done since I was a kid. Uh, and it, it was like, I always knew I'm like, I just need to poke because if I poke and I open up and I open it up and I start crying, I feel so much better after. And I tend to put that shell over me. So I've learned how to like poke myself lovingly of like, go right into it, touch the wound, open it up. Because when I do that, and then it like triggers the emotional response, the crying, the temper tantrum, whatever it is. And then I get it out. I feel so much better later on. So for me, a lot of that is like, like I can kind of poke myself in that way. If I just sit and like think and like visualize a situation or just like let myself go fully into it. And I just let the emotion come out. So I have to give myself the space for it, um, a couple hours. And then I usually like take a bath and I'll cry more in the bath, you know, and I just like cry and I'll scream and I get upset and I, whatever. So I give myself a whole day to do that. Um, and then usually that's, moved out enough energy that I can like actually see what's underneath that because that's just the top layer. Right. And so I get out that top layer. And then usually after that, maybe the next day I'll like, I'll journal some more. Um, I'll kind of, I'll do like a gentler version of that. And I'm just peeling back the layers so I can get to the nugget of what the real fear is. Like, what am I really afraid of? Because where the emotion is starting, it's really just wounds from, from little me, right. Or other people's shit that I'm feeling. And so I have to clear that out. So then I can go deeper and deeper until I hit that, that real nugget of what I'm really afraid of or what I'm really expecting. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I have to get the emotion out first to get there and yeah, journaling, talking to my guides, going to my records. Like I just use all those tools, but it's really just space and silence and not busying myself, you know? And so I'll just sit. I mean, that's really all there is to it. Um, and I, and then usually after I've gotten to where I feel like is the nugget, that's when I'll go to one of my mentors and bring it up to them and ask for support there. Um, and any reflection back. And that's usually when I feel like I kind of got through it. And then after that, that's more of when I'll reach out to a friend um, and I'll just kind of update like, Hey, this is what I've been going through. I'm feeling, I realize this. Uh, I don't really, I don't think it's good. Like I don't go to friends first. Like I don't, they have their own wounds and stuff. And I, I just don't need other people projecting their stuff onto me. So I usually go to my friends when it's from a more like, um, a place where I've gone deeper into it because I'm also not going to a friend expecting them to fix anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's more about that point, like, Hey, this is what I've been through. And like, just them just holding space and hearing me. Um, and usually at that point, it's almost like my final check of like, I'll be like, you know, I was feeling this and worried about this. And then I realized this, and then I've decided this and they'll be like, that's a great idea. And I'm like, (laughs) great, great, great. So that's kind of my process, um, of, of moving through it. But you know, the other piece of it is there's a point where you make the decision and you have moved through all the sludge, but you still are a little afraid. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it's just, I am going to, I'm going to jump in, I'm going to cannonball in and I'm going to take action in alignment with this. Right. So it's like, what can I do tomorrow to like cement this in with action? Uh, and I'm, I still have that fear present when I do it. And then it's usually like once I've actually cannonballed in, right. Where I actually took the action saying that this is what we're doing, or I sent the email or I announced it on my Instagram. Like I'll do that ahead of when I'm ready. And then I'm like, it's done. No going back. And then I usually feel, feel good about it. I love that. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask the question that popped to my mind right away, because I think a lot of people are also going to be wondering this. Um, this is, this is a conversation that you and I have probably had more than anything else while working together is 
I, I don't feel like I can actually uh, afford to just sit for a while. Um, aren't I going to get behind on things? How can I just sit when there's so much to do? You know, getting really to this conversation of feminine energy and relaxing and not just being go, go, go all the time. So what would you say to the person then that would be worried about taking half a day or an entire day just to sit in their feelings and try to work so- through some of these things? I mean, you can't afford not to, like, if somebody's like, I can't, I'm like, that's, that's just bullshit. That's just you. That's just you avoiding feeling your feelings. Like, let's call it what it is. Here's the thing. If I don't know, if your cat had to go to the hospital, you would find a way to make like losing, losing half your day work. Like shit comes up, you know, life comes up. And it's like, if you're not going to prioritize yourself, then I don't know what to tell you, you know? And, and here's the thing. It, this happens to me all the time. And in fact, it's always, whenever in my life, I feel like holy shit, I'm so behind. I have so much to do. That's usually when I'm like, I'm taking a day off right in the middle of it, right? When it's most uncomfortable, basically to prove to myself that I just created all these tasks in my head that had to get done. And guess what? There's plenty of time to do what needs to get done. But often, you know, most people do way more work on their business than they need to. Like we just create things to keep us busy because we're really avoiding shit, you know? And so it's like, when you say, I don't have time to do that, you're just avoiding stuff. You're just avoiding stuff. Um, and to me, if I'm having these emotions, I need to move through come up. If I keep trying to push through that, like that wonky energy is going to be threaded into everything I do. And I do not want to have that. Like, I'm not going to create a piece of content from that kind of energy. Are you kidding me? People will feel that. Right. So I can, and, and I won't be able to fully focus. Like, you know, when there's always something in the back of your head and you're just like not fully present, I will not do anything if I'm not fully present to it. So if, if I'm committed to being fully present to everything I'm doing, like if I know, if I, you know, get on this call or whatever, and I'm not fully present. It's, it's not worth my time. So I'd rather be fully present to, to feeling my feelings because I could try and push through and I'm like 50% there for everything. And then I'm doing a half-assed job at everything, or I can pause, give hundred percent to feeling my stuff. And the next week give hundred percent to all my stuff then, and I'm going to be way more efficient. And I find that most people are like, it's kind of like when people don't sleep enough, it's like, well, if you slept an extra hour or two, you could do everything in half the amount of time that it took you to do when you were tired or when people don't meditate and they don't realize how that creates more time in a day. Like if I'm good at anything, it is manipulating time <laughs> and getting a lot of shit done, you know? So, I mean, most people think that I have a team of like 20 people, right? It's like, how, how do I generate so much? And it's like, I understand all of these time and energy hacks and you can get a lot more done in less time when you've really optimized your energy. And I mean that, I mean that physically, but also like energy, like energy body energetically, you know, and, and everything just works so much better. And I've had, you know, a lot of my clients who are not really into spirituality, like they'll start coming to me for energy healing and they'll be like, I'm so much more productive. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Or even you look at human design and like the, the classic projector thing, like, Oh my God, I can't work four hours a day. Right. And it's like, they finally get to that place and they realize, wait, I literally get everything I need to get done in four hours a day. What was I doing before? What was I doing before? I know for me, I have this experience on vacation where magically if I'm, let's say I'm like traveling and I, and I have a, I am hanging out with friends or I have all these plans and there's stuff for work that I need to get done somehow magically in the like 30 minutes I carved out that day while I'm traveling, I get everything that I need to get done. And I'm like hanging out with my friends the rest of the time. It's like, we, 
when we have to make it work, we make it work. And it's like whatever time you've allotted for something to take, that's how long it's going to take. So if you've decided that writing that post is going to take you an hour, it's going to take you an hour. But if you've decided that it's going to take you 15 minutes, it will take you 15 minutes. So, you know, start using that to your advantage. (laughs) I am so excited to tell you all about one of my new favorite products. And as an added bonus, you use it on your face. I have been looking for a face wash. I feel like, swear to God, it's been since I was a teenager. I remember when I was younger, I used to really love the body shop and all of the face products that I was using for there, they really dried my skin out. I couldn't quite find one that was a good match for my skin. And then I just gave up altogether. I was like, well, okay, I guess I'm just not gonna use it then because I just didn't, it wasn't working. It was actually making my skin worse. Okay, now I'm 30 and I I feel like I should have a face routine. This is something that not only is going to bring me joy, be part of my bedtime routine, but I really wanted to start taking better care of my skin. So I started on the search for a new face wash. Seems rather simple, right? But it actually took me down a rabbit hole. I tried a ton of different products different clean. I'll put that in quotes because we know sometimes clean doesn't always mean clean ingredients. That's a pretty broad word that the uh, skincare industry is able to use. And I still, I still didn't find one that I loved. It took me months before I stumbled across Clear Stem. Their mission is to create clear skin from the inside out. If you have acne prone skin, if you have dry skin, they make products for you. I am so excited that I found their gentle, clean, calming wash. This sincerely has changed my life. This smells so good. It leaves my face feeling clean, but not too clean to where it has dramatically overdried my skin. Did you know that if you have overly dry skin, that can actually lead to breakouts? I had no idea. So when I started using the Gentle Clean Face Wash, I read the instructions on the back and I realized, oh my God, I've been washing my face wrong my entire life. I've been using way too hot of water and this has just been such a game changer. The Gentle Clean Face Wash can also remove makeup, which is a massive plus in my book because let's face it, I don't need a 45 minute nighttime routine where I am taking off my makeup, doing all of these things. I really just need something that does it all in one. I cannot recommend this face wash enough. I absolutely love it. And the ingredients are non-pore clogging. You would be surprised how many anti-acne and anti-aging products out there actually use pore clogging ingredients. What I really love about ClearStem is you can actually go to their website and you can search ingredients and see if they are pore clogging or not. I did that with a ton of my makeup that I've been using and let's just say I'm definitely going to be switching in the near future. Now I just need ClearStem to come out with a makeup line and I am good to go. I am such a fan of everything that they do. The founders are women, so it's a women-owned business and I adore spending my money with women-owned businesses. If you are curious and want to try out ClearStem products for yourself, I have tried every one of their products. I own them all and this is the only, the only skincare company that I use and 
trust. I know that they're not gonna make me break out. My skin looks amazing. This is the best skin that I've ever had and I'm 30. If you are curious and want to try out their products, you can use my code CHELSEA, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, for 10% off at checkout. All you have to do is go to clearstemskincare.com, search any of their products. Again, I am really, really loving the Gentle Clean Cleanser. I am seriously in love with this stuff. You can also use it as a body wash and use that code CHELSEA for 10% off your order. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so from what you see, you know, both with yourself and the people that you work with, what actually moves the needle forward in your business? You know, is it is it taking time to meditate every day? Is it working? I think I know what you're going to say on this, but um, it's it's probably not just you know posting to Instagram and really focusing on your Instagram strategy. What are those things that you feel are actually making those big changes for people? Like in my business, like for me, what, what grows my business? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it grows my business. I'll tell you the main things. If I need to move the needle, I'm prioritizing my time, right? One is energy work on my business. That's the main tool I use for my business. So if I do only one thing for my business one day, it's going to be going in energetically into my businesses, Akashic records and doing, doing stuff or on myself. So like, I know that people think this makes no sense, but if, if I only have 30 minutes, my time is better spent in that 30 minutes journaling and meditating and talking to my guides and doing energy work than it is wasting 30 minutes writing some writing something on Instagram or making YouTube video. Like, why would I do that when I could just literally push out p- content I've already created energetically and not even make something else? But if my energy is off, like, or if there's something wonky going on with me, that's affecting the vibration of the whole business. And like, there's so much more to attraction than than the logistics, right? People find me in like the wildest ways. It's all energy. It's all energy, right? So um, I will focus on like my energy, you know? So like meditating, talking to my guides, doing energy work essentially is the number one thing. The number two thing would be nurturing my direct community. So anything like showing up for my paying clients or people and or people who are in my current community. So my email list or any private communities, like my private group, like showing up there, those are people that are like in my sphere is going to be the most productive thing. I want to nurture them. I'm not going to waste time on a cold, like on a cold lead really. Right. So that's going to be the second thing. And then the third thing I would say is uh, networking. So my time as a CEO is best spent like again, on myself and building my network and my community. And for me, like going, going out for coffee for an hour with somebody who is, who really is an aligned person. And this is, I think a big mistake I know I made was I used to like go up for lunches and coffee with all kinds of random people that I was a waste of my time. Right. So being really discerning with that, but if I spend an hour or even half a day with a really like valuable connection terms, like we really resonate, right? There's real resonance there. Um, that is going to move my business forward in, in big ways. So, so networking is, is really important, you know, and that was something that like for me really, um, thinking about what is it for me to be in my CEO energy? And most people are just acting like a manager, Mm-hmm. You a manager or you a CEO? Like, I, I, if you are running a business and you're spending your whole day answering emails, like, I mean, how do you think it's going to expand? 
right? Like, how do you think it's going to expand? So you got to limit that kind of stuff and think about what's actually moving the needle forward in my business. And for me, it's, it's networking, it's my own energy work. And then it's, it's nurturing my current community and clients. Yeah. I'm so glad that you said networking too. Um, you and I both have two, four profiles in human design and we actually like need to hermit and be in our own energy. And then the, the way that we grow is through our network and our community. So I've, you've been telling me this, I feel like for almost two years now, and I'm like, Oh, I get it about the networking. Like I'm, I'm finally doing it. And it's really, it's really working and paying off. And, you know, taking a lot of these conversations offline as well, I think is really important. Um, what do you kind of see? I know you've talked about this a bit, but, you know, in terms of social media and the future, you know, obviously everything can change, but, you know, what do you think the importance of is like continuing on the, on these platforms? And, you know, a lot of people right now might be very frustrated with certain platforms. And what would you, what would you say to those people? you're frustrated with it, then you probably shouldn't put energy into it. That, I mean, that's like being frustrated in your romantic relationship. That person's not showing up for you and you just keep putting more energy into it, like redirect your energy, you know? Uh, and a lot of people are getting frustrated for a reason. A lot of people are being really guided to take their businesses offline or to change platforms that is for your protection. And the thing is, with these platforms, we have to realize that they're all just tools. And so use the tool but don't put all of your eggs in that basket, you know? So it's, it's shifting out of like, well, I'm depending on this platform. The whole business is on this platform from like, it's there. I'm going to use it. If it goes away tomorrow, I don't, I don't give, I don't really give a shit. I just used it to my advantage while I had it. And meanwhile, I have all this going on over here. So I would really encourage people to, um, nurture things that they own basically like, so your email list, your own, your own website. And it's, I used to be very like the opposite. I used to be like, don't waste your own time on, on your own website. Now I feel a bit differently. It doesn't have to be like a website, but you need a hub where people know to find you. Podcasting is a great medium. I'm a huge proponent of podcasting. I think it's one of the best, um, and most solid mediums now. Um, somewhere where like, because you have more ownership there. Um, and yeah, I would just focus it more on your community and you can still use those platforms, but you know, less is more pick a platform where you're, where you're excited about it and, and creating content there doesn't feel like a drain. It feels like there's an equal energy exchange, but if you're showing up every day, making kick-ass content and you feel like no one's seeing it, it's a waste of your time. I mean, stop showing up to it, redirect your energy, right? Ask like, maybe there's a more aligned platform um, that that wants to pop up for you, right? So this is where testing out different platforms and trying different things uh, is going to be really helpful. And then, I mean, old school, talk to people, like you said, take it offline. I mean, most of my business, people are shocked, and but it's always been like this. Like Most of my business, it's through word of mouth, word of mouth, it's through referral, it's through people I know, like my entire pra- like practice, like in-person practice has always been through referrals, like always been through referrals. People don't even follow me on social media. They don't know who I am. doesn't matter. Right. And so referrals, people that, you know, people in your community now more than ever, people are really trying to do community-based things, you know, and depending on like, I, and I, I'm assuming most of your audience is more in like some type of coaching space. Right. Like, and so I know like when I moved to San Diego, like I was in LA, moved to San Diego and I went and connected with different wellness centers and uh, different restaurants. Just got to know owners and, you know, just like went to different events and just gave people my card and told people about me like that simple. Right. And and that's what I did. And, And at the time I had, I mean, I had a large following on social media. I had a big podcast already, but like that was 
to me, that's never been the solid way to like build the business. Right. Um, and that's the same thing with when people think, Oh, I just want to build my following. Well, like why? I mean, if you want to build it, just build it for your ego, go for it. I don't care. Right. But if you're trying to make money, like it's more about the personal connections that, that you have. And it's more about like, you don't need a lot of followers at all. In fact, I believe it's much easier to build a business with less followers. Um, cause you can create like more direct connections people get in their heads around like when you have more, more of a following, right? So it's actually much easier, I think, when you have like less of a following to, to really build a service-based business. Um, but at the end of the day, like it's really about how many personal connections you have. And so like getting out there and talking to people, whether that's online or in person, that's going to be the best way to grow the business. But I would not put all of your eggs in one basket. I think social media is going to really change. And I think we're in a real... We're in an interesting space right now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of platforms just kind of like, I don't know, like I, they could just go down, but honestly, the way I see it, it's just, I think people are just going to leave. Um, I know a lot of people who are just leaving Instagram. Um, I'm heading in that direction too, of just like, I'm, I'm going to bounce and just go to platforms that I like. And there are different platforms popping up. I think it's the same thing that we're seeing with like uh, currency, right? Where like there, there's crypto and like we're trying NFT, like we're in this weird middle space where we know what we've had isn't working. And we're trying these things in between to like, is this going to be the answer? And I don't think we found the answer yet. I think that we're trying on different things to like get there. And so it's just about being adaptable and dynamic. And you just have to be, to be a business owner. I mean, remember when everybody built their business on Facebook and like when I really started building my business, that was the same time Facebook, like, like shit hit the fan and everybody who had built their whole business on Facebook felt completely screwed over. Right. And I'm like, okay, they all had to adapt. They all had to adapt. Right. And so that could happen to any of us at any time. Platforms are always changing. Platforms can go down. What would you do if you lost all of your data? You know, if you're not saving a hard copy of everything, please start doing that as soon as possible. Right. And like, don't, don't take the connections you have for granted. Right. Like I, I build personal connections with people in my space so that if anything ever happened, people would want to reach out to me. It's not just a, Oh, I can follow Christina. It's like, you know me, right? Like if like, if there was a blackout, I bet you Chelsea would find a way to talk to me. Definitely. <laughs> Chelsea would be wondering where is Christina, right? Like, like if there was a blackout and think about this, like, I know who, like, if there was a blackout, I could think of like, you know, probably like 30 people where I'd be like, how do I find you again? Mm-hmm. I need to figure out how to find you again, <laughs> you know? And so you want to be as a business owner, one of those people. And how do you become one of those people? You build real connections. Yes. Yes. I mean, and it gives you this opportunity too. If that's something that you feel a little resistant to, you get to go practice that you get to go to yourself, you know, in a very like loving kind, here I am type of way. And I want to talk a little bit about boundaries. You've taught me a ton about boundaries, (laughs) just, you know, uh, watching the way that you do things and being your client. And it's been very empowering for me because I have gotten so much time back and I feel so much more, productive. And I feel like I'm able to show up as, as my full self now. So what are some of your non-negotiable boundaries that you have? You know, maybe it's surrounding business or your personal life. Oh man. Yeah. I have a lot of boundaries. I, and I used to be someone that, that really didn't. And I was so anxious all the time and I felt tugged in a million directions and my relationships were suffering because I resented everybody because everybody was annoying me. And that was, that was my own fault, right? Because I didn't have boundaries. So I felt like everybody was tugging on me. And when you feel like a million people are tugging on you, if anybody reaches out to you, like maybe they haven't talked to you in five years, I'm like, 
No, I can't have one more person. Right? That's not about them. Yeah. That's, that's about me. So I had to go through a period like where I really isolated myself to like recalibrate, get my nervous system good again, and then realize, okay, how do I want to move through life? Right. And how do I need to set up boundaries so that I can be a better friend, a better partner, a better coach, right? Like, like I want to be able to fully show up for the people that I need to. And when I'm letting people have access to me who really don't need to have access to me, that's draining my energy. And I can't fully show up for the people that, that I want to, you know, so just really anchoring into my why. Uh, and also for me, a lot of my health issues, I'm like, I just have to, like, I literally, I have to, I'm not gonna, I wasn't going to get better, you know? So boundaries I have, um, I'll think about like my day, I guess, because I could go in so many directions. I would say I'm very protective over my morning. Like I, I do not look at things until I'm ready to, uh, ever, you know, and I, need my morning to like have my me time. I need to go on a walk in the forest. I need to meditate and settle in and, and, and journal and think, and like, just get my, you know, get my body moving, do my movement. I need my, my morning to myself to think, to calibrate. Otherwise I am cranky the rest of the day. So I just don't let anything get in there. And for me, there's also been boundaries with like, when do I schedule calls? You know, that that's a big one where everybody wants, Oh, well, this is when I can do it. It's like, no, this is my schedule. These are my available times and it either fits for you or it doesn't. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty aggressive with like when I will let people schedule. And I, I schedule my time for a certain reason, like based on my energy levels, you know, and sometimes people will try and like bully you into like fitting them in. And I'm like, I will show up half-assed if, if I, you, if I try and fit you in here, it's just not going to be good for, for anyone, you know? So I'm very strict about, um, like Wednesdays are my day when I have like calls and stuff. And then I'll do either Tuesdays or Thursdays for other calls. Um, so I'm very protective with that. Um, in terms of like social media, I, I'm either on the platform or I'm not. I don't, don't do that thing where I'm like randomly checking in the middle of the day. It's such a time waster, right? If there's a message that comes in at noon, it'll still be there at 6 PM. Right. So I usually just check, um, either once or twice a day and I just give it time and I, I do it and I'll check the next day. Right. So, and I don't go in between same thing with like Voxer with my communication with clients. I check usually once or twice a day. Um, like it's usually like either in the morning in the afternoon or just one or the other. And that's it, you know, and, and I'm very clear. Like I respond within like 24 to 48 hours. Uh, and, and for me mentally, it's like, okay, this is the time when I'm checking all my messages from clients. I can show up fully, get it done, answer really well, and then calibrate. And I'll come back tomorrow. You know, like no people don't need a response within 20 seconds. And in fact, that's not very helpful for them because people like, if you're a coach and you're responding to your client, the second they ask a question, they probably ask the question too soon. And so often people ask questions, like they just need to like sit with it for a sec and they get the answer themselves. And you're creating codependency. If you're just like immediately there, like they're going to be okay for, for a day, they're going to be okay. Um, and, and that's a really important part of coaching in itself. Right. Uh, and then I'm just clear with my hours, like, you know, Monday through Friday, these are my hours. That's it. Uh, if somebody, I'm also very picky about like length of messages and the way that people ask me things. So I have that kind of boundary with both my friends and my clients. Like, you know, as my client, I'm very, I'm like, get to the point, (laughs) ask me succinctly because I don't, I don't need 10 minutes of background. Like just ask the question succinctly. And if somebody's going roundabout, I will either cut them off. If I'm live with them, I'll be like, stop. What's the real question. Right. These are communication skills Mm -hmm. or I just will not, I just will not answer. Right. I just will not answer. Um, 
and I do this with friends as well. Like if people, if people, I hate I I messages and all these boundaries, I just tell people, I'm like, I hate I messages. I'm not going to listen to a five minute I message. So you can either text me something shorter, or you can voxer me where I don't have to like keep my finger on the phone and I can three X you. Right. So that's it. And so a lot of times it's, it's like, it's funny because my friends will do this. They'll send me like a long message and I just won't respond. And then like the next day, I'll get a boxer. Like they, it's like, they figure it out. Like, Oh, that's why she hasn't responded. You know? So I'm like, I'm happy to respond, but these are my boundaries with it with texts and friends. I don't respond during the day. I'll either respond in the evening or first thing at night. And sometimes I wait the whole week to answer. So like, they're not my priority. If somebody's texting me, like everybody in my life knows, like if you text me, you might hear from me. You might, it might be in a month. Uh, and I'm not really too worried about it. You know, so that's just something, something for me. Um, I don't take unscheduled phone calls. If somebody calls me in the middle of the day, I'm not going to answer. Uh, it's just the way it is. Uh, so I protect my time in, in those ways. I think those are probably some of the main ones. Um, yeah, I just know what I need in terms of myself. And it, I kind of, I start with like, what do I need to be fully present and grounded and, and give my all. And then I let everybody know. And I'm like, you're either okay with that or you're not. Right. So if you want to be in my ecosystem, this is how I work. Um, so those are some of the things I do. Yeah. I love that. And I feel like, you know, you had chronic health issues, which really kind of got you to see like, okay, I do need to be better about my boundaries or I'm never going to move forward past this place. If somebody's not coming from that place, you know, maybe they're stuck in people pleasing tendencies. They're worried. Oh my God, my client's not going to like me if I don't answer them immediately. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, being stuck kind of in that victim mindset and how people actually keep themselves stuck in those, those big blocks to growth. Like if they are thinking I, I can't not respond because someone's not going to like me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't, if, if you're, if you are uh, making business decisions from a place of is someone going to like me or not, like you, you're, you can't be an entrepreneur and be successful. Sorry. Like the best business decisions you'll ever make people won't like you for, I'm just going to be honest. There's going to always going to be someone that doesn't like it. Right. So you got, we just got to get over that. Um, and the thing is like, that's really just your own wound then that you're projecting onto a client. And again, you are robbing them of the opportunity to step into sovereignty and self-sufficiency and, and true independence if you are babying them and, and holding their hand, right? But the thing is that remember as a coach, you're setting the tone of what's of what's normal. Like you're setting the tone of, of what we do here, right? Um, and I think a lot of this is like with, with fear of boundaries, these are just expectations that we are projecting onto other people that are usually coming from parents or family, right? So there's a, there was a previous experience where, you know, you were taught or shown it's not okay to have boundaries or you always need to be available for me. So then you're just expecting everybody else to feel the same way. The thing is, I think about like most of my clients, they don't want me hovering over them right? They're like, please, like, how do we do this in the fastest way possible? Right. They don't want a million messages. Like they're paying for this synced information. Like, what do I need to know? Right. And they, they don't want somebody that's like over. I mean, I would think, think about it from my perspective. I'm like, if I had a coach who like responded literally the, every single time, like the second I sent a message, I'd be like, do you have clients? Like, what are you doing? Are you sitting around all day waiting for my message? Right. Like think about it from the other side. Um, but this is where like we can actually hold space in a way that calls people up to a higher vibration for them where it's like 
Hey, I'm holding these standards and like, you can rise into this and actually like step into a higher level energy for yourself rather than staying in this victim mindset. Cause that's what it is. You're like, you're enabling that, that codependent energy when you're showing up in that way. Right. And so I would think about, you know, where does that come from? This expectation, this, this belief, this wound of like, if I'm not always available for this person, they're not going to like me. Right. Here's the thing. If you're very clear, like somebody's stepping into a package, this is when I'm available and you're honoring that you're honoring it. Right. And you're also in honoring those boundaries and setting those boundaries. You're teaching that client boundaries and it doesn't matter what type of client that is, that's going to serve them in all areas of their life. You know? And I think that's something that a lot of coaches don't think about is the way that you run your business and your interactions, all of that is part of the container. Right. And so in the conversations we have or the tangible information I relay to a client, that's one part of the value, but they're actually learning so much more through our interaction with them and the way that I show up, right. The way that I hold my own energy, like you were just talking about, just like being in my field, you learn something about boundaries. I don't have to lay out for somebody. This is how you set a boundary. And this is what it looks like. I don't have to have that conversation. Just being around me and seeing how I interact, people are, are learning that way. Right. Um, and the thing is, I think about, I mean, I've worked with so many coaches and even before, like I've never expected anybody to always be available for me. That doesn't even make sense to me. I mean, people have, have their own lives. They have other clients, right? It's like, I know, oh yeah, they're going to get back to me when they need to. Right. And so just where are you projecting those expectations? And that to me is just mirroring a deeper wound that we, we can look at and do some healing around. Cause it's probably mom or dad who made you feel like you always have to be there for me. You're always responsible for everybody else. And that's a limiting belief of like, you're, you're actually not responsible for anyone else. And this is one of the, the difficult bits for coaches. Like we really have to wrap our brains around, like you're holding the space to support them in their transformation, but you're not responsible for their results. They are. And if you are deciding that you are, I mean, you are like kind of driving both of you into the ground. You know, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure on, on both sides. And that's actually really not like, like if I have a client, I don't want them to be dependent on me. And if they're, if they are expecting that Christina is going to get me the results, you're missing the point. I'm not, I'm not supporting you in codependency or abdicating responsibility. Like this is about you seeing how powerful you really are and what you're really capable of. Right. And I can support you in that, but I can't do it for you. Right. And that's really important because a lot of coaches will take it as a personal failure. Their client doesn't show up to it. Right. What we can learn from that is discernment. And when we are, uh, you know, choosing to work with somebody or not, like, is this person really going to rise to the occasion? Are they really going to do the work? Because people will show you signals, red flags of like, they're not going to show up to it. Right. Um, so there's that discernment there, but then sometimes people just aren't doing it and they're in their self-sabotage behaviors and okay. So as a coach, I can help reflect things and we can go deeper into the self-sabotage, but that's, that's on them. If they're not going to do it, that, that's not up to you. Right. And I've seen people get in some gnarly situations because they're going into it being like, I'm going to get you the results. Um, or they're, you know, they're, they're allowing that client to blame them when things don't go right. And that doesn't feel good for, for anybody and can create a pretty toxic situation. And it's really just, uh, playing out a lot of those childhood wounds for people where it was like, um, gaslighting and scapegoating and like, you know, the parent is, it's, it's your fault that I'm upset, right? That's what is really playing out there again. And and there's a lot of stuff that happens with coaching around, um, mirroring a parental relationship. Like I am well aware of when I have a client so often what's happening is just in our dynamic, we're, we're healing a mother wound 
right? Like they're being held in a way that they haven't been held before. And in, in a lot of ways, like if a, if a client um, has kind of a weird outburst, more often than not, it's because they're they're seeing me as a representation of their mother. And it's just like getting projected in that way, right? Um, and so just being aware of how people can kind of project that onto you and being aware of that dynamic is, is really important because there's so much going on, so many deeper layers than just the conversation you're having with your clients. It's that entire relationship and how you hold that relationship. And for a lot of people, going back to boundaries, like uh, their parents never modeled boundaries, right? Or they got in trouble for having boundaries. So then imagine entering a coaching situation where there is this dynamic that can mirror this mother-child relationship, right? And bring that, that kind of energy up. And now this person is holding boundaries, expecting that of you and showing up with so much love. Like that's actually so healing. That's so healing for people and for them to learn like, Oh, when she sets a boundary, that's not because she doesn't like me. It's because she loves me. Right. And so I'll set a boundary with a client or uphold a boundary and still show up the next session. And like, Hey, great. Like, what do we want to talk about? And a lot of times people will have this reaction where if I uphold a boundary, they're expecting me to be upset with them. I'm not, I'm upset. Like I just didn't answer. That, that was it. Right. And there's a really cool healing of the wound that happens when they experience that different response after where, oh, somebody just upheld a boundary and I didn't get in trouble. And and that is, that is why, you know, that's just one example of all these deeper dynamics that go on and why it's so important as the coach to think about like, are you practicing what you preach? Right. Because also what, whatever capacity the client, you know, whatever you're coaching somebody on, boundaries are going to come up. Um, their health is going to come up in whatever way. And so if you are not upholding those and you're overly available, then how are they going to feel safe to set their own boundaries? Right. So you have to like set the example and, and that is really coming from a place of love for, for everybody. Right. And I mean, coaching, it really is such an art too. And there's, there's all these different dynamics and layers to it. And I know for me, when I first started coaching, I had no idea it was going to be all of this personal development work. I thought I was just going to like work with people, get paid and like, we're good, we're moving on. But it really has been this, this beautiful journey and I'm very thankful for it. So I want to talk about something that you are an expert in. You wrote an entire book about this. I want to talk about manifestation. So tell me a little bit more about, um, you're the first person that I heard this from is we are always manifesting. When I first heard about manifesting, I was like, oh, it's only good things, right? Like I I'm only spending time thinking about positive things to bring good things into my life. So tell me a little bit more about what it means to always be manifesting. Yeah. So like everything that you are attracting in is based on your vibration, right? It's based on your underlying beliefs, your energy, what your energy field is open to. Uh, and all the time, like, why does anything come into our fields? Like we're, we're attracting it in. There's an opening, there's an opening for it to come in. Right. So with manifestation, we typically think about it of like, Oh, this is what I want, but we're also manifesting things that, that we don't want. Right. Um, unfortunately. So it's always happening because this is just how the universe works. Everything is energy. And the way energy flows is the same way. If you think about like, how does water flow? Uh, you know, based on, you know, is there a, is there a hill in this river? Like, is there, there's an opening here, like the water will flow in a certain direction. And so how does energy flow in the universe? It's based off of resonance, right? So similar frequencies will resonate and find each other. Okay. And so this is essentially like law of attraction, law of resonance, however you want to go with it. And so whatever I am vibrating with, I'm going, I'm going to attract more of that to me. And I, you know, 
I think what's really important, cause this can be really triggering. And I under, I understand that. Um, but that's just because we've attached these good and bad labels to human, ex- to our human experience. Like it, it is honestly. And <sighs> attracting something is not attracting. Something is different than deserving it and attracting is different than wanting it. Okay. So there are things I've attracted in that I didn't want. And sometimes I attracted them in because I didn't want them so hard, but I was focusing on them so much. Right. Uh, and so the, the classic example I use is my chronic illness. I 100% believe I, I manifested all of my sickness, all the sickness in my body. That was not something I never wanted. I I hated it so much and didn't want it so hard that I was just creating more of it because it was always thinking about, I was always focusing on, right? Like whatever, whatever I'm focusing on, you know, the, they say in the book, the language of the universe is energy. So what are you telling it? Right. And when you think about like, if I'm always afraid, if I'm always angry, if that's the energy I'm emitting, like, what do you think you're going to attract in more of? Right. And so a lot of people, you know, with manifestation, they think it's just, it's just what you want. I, I mean, everything that comes into your field is for a reason. Nothing is a coincidence. And so when you realize oh, I'm always doing it, whether I'm thinking about it or not, well, I might as well get, get control of my subconscious thoughts and, and my actions. And I mean, if, if I'm all, already manifesting, I might as well learn how to, how to do it. And so it's really just understanding that everything is energy. Um, and so anything that comes into your field, it is all for a reason. And and for me, viewing the world from that way has opened up so much for me. I'm able to make a lot bigger shifts a lot more quickly when I actually view the world from like nothing as a coincidence. So what is this here to teach me, to show me like what part of me allowed, like where was there an opening for me uh, to receive this in, in my field? Um, and that allows me to more quickly figure out what my underlying beliefs are because they're mirrored to me in, in my reality. Mm-hmm. So you were with me when I actually made the decision to break off an engagement. Um, And I remember you walking me through this and and you asked me this question. You're like, Chelsea, how can you expect, how can you sit there and expect your business to grow when you're holding on to this frequency in this relationship that isn't serving you? And I was like, oh (laughs) yeah. Okay. I guess that's a really great point. Thanks for bringing that up. So what are some of those big blocks that you see to manifestation that people have? similar to, you know, me holding uh, a relationship that I, you know, uh, for a very, very long time. <laughs> that, that is the most common one. That is the, it's the most common one is the relationships. And because those are the hardest things for us to release and people hang on to relationships out of convenience, out of being comfortable. And it is the, it's whether it's the romantic partner or their relationship with their family or their friends. And those are the ones that are so hard to get people to release. Like when people have friends that are really weighing them down, like they, they don't want to, they, they don't want to release it. Right. Cause it's like, then I won't have friends or sometimes it's the roommate, you know, the roommate, which again, the same thing with the romantic relationship. And like, this is where it gets tricky because what do you do if you have a husband and kids and you come to the realization of like, this person's holding me back. This person is not a, like, that's a lot, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot more, it's a lot easier when you're single, you don't have, you don't have kids, you know, there, there are less attachments, but as we move through life, it gets more and more entangled. Right. Or I think about with business where sometimes it's like that there's one person in your business that's just holding everything back. Like who am I vibrationally attached to, you know, like, and all of those people could be weighing down your frequency. So I would say the relationships, it's the most common thing. And I have experienced this again and again in my life. Like it, sometimes it just, 
it shocks me every time. I know it, but it shocks me every time where there can be someone that I didn't really even think was like that big of a drag. Like I didn't even think of them as a drag. They were just neutral. And the second, the second I release them, everything I was manifesting just comes right. And I was like, Whoa, I can feel the energy move. And for me, it's whenever I feel like the energy isn't moving in my life. Like things are just feel stuck, stagnant. Nothing new is coming in. Like I'm, I'm why is nothing I want coming in? Like what's going on? It's just a stuck energy. I'm like, there's something blocking me. Right. And so that more often than not is a relationship. It could be a friend. It could be a partner. I would say that's the most common thing. It can also be something within your business, you know? And so for me, I've had to really like clean out things within my business consistently. Uh, and that can be pretty scary, you know, especially with all the pivots, it has to be like a clean pivot for me to really move on to the next. And I have found that if I'm still holding on to, this has come through in different ways. It could be an old program. It could be like, you know, maybe I moved into group coaching and I'm still holding on to my one-on-one clients and I need to like release one or the other. Um, it could be any of those little, little areas. It could even be a platform, you know? So I've seen this happen where people like, are like, I'm getting off of this platform. I'm, I'm ending my podcast or I'm like, they just end something because it's not in alignment. And then everything flows in, right? It's really more about like when you, if you feel like your business isn't moving or life isn't moving in the direction you want, it's, it has more to do with something that's blocking the flow rather than something you need to add in or do. And most people think it's like, what can I do? Stop doing, start releasing. That's the most important thing. So I would say, um, like just like old things that are out of resonance with who you are now and asking yourself, like thinking about who you are right now and where you want to go and like calling forward, you know, who are you going to be in a year? like that highest version of herself and anchoring into that version of her or him and then saying, okay, what in my field right now is out of alignment with that? Cause that's, that's, what's blocking me from pulling that into my reality right now, you know? And so that, that often is a relationship that could be, you know, just like clutter in your business or even habits, you know, like if you are, if you're spending five hours a day answering emails, there's your block, right? Like what's taking up your time? What's taking up your energy? What are you focusing on? So I would say the relationships and then old parts of the business are, are the biggest ones. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that comes up a lot. Um, I mean, it can be habits as well, like habits that aren't serving people. Um, so I, I see that coming like different types of like addictions, I would say, uh, anything that you feel like you can't let go of, like, you're just like, you can't let go of, of it. That can be a big, I mean, alcohol is a big one for a lot of people. I don't know if your audience is like, well, let's talk about side. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I, I don't talk about it that much because I find I don't really need to, uh, but it's kind of this like funny thing, um, where people will come in. It just like became this, this like funny thing with all my clients here in San Diego, where people come in we never talk about alcohol, but everybody just stops drinking and it really triggers all of their friends and they get pissed. But it's like, the more you raise your vibration and you know how, how good it feels to feel good. You just like, you don't want to anymore. And people start to notice what my clients will tell me. They'll come back in a couple months later. and they'll be like, so we had our session. And then I went to party with my friends. And I literally felt like such a piece of shit. I decided I can't drink anymore. Um, and I'm like, Oh, right. So I don't have to like tell anybody anything, but they just naturally feel like, Oh, I can't, can't do this, but alcohol, look, you do you, but at the end of the day, it's like, I mean, it's poison, it's poison. And to me, everything is energy. Right. And so I'm certainly not going to poison my body and, and just the effects of it. Like I want to feel, 
feel clear and bright every single day. I don't want to waste half a day, a morning or a whole day feeling hung. Are you kidding? Hungover? Are you kidding me? Like I love my life way too fucking much. And if you have to use a substance to like loosen up or be more social or enjoy yourself. I think we need to look at that. Like we need to look at that. Like, what are you hiding or doling? Like I have no interest in, in doling any bit of my life. I, I love it. Crisp clean. I love the, the real conversations. I love the people I'm around. Um, and so I think there's deeper stuff to, to look at there. I, I really believe this. And just on a spiritual level, like we're, we can just go there. Uh, I mean, alcohol is how dark spirits get into our bodies. Like there's a reason why they're called spirits. It's just, just how, how toxic energies, dark energies get in. And as somebody who's done literally thousands of clearings, I mean, I can tell you this for a fact, like how do those attachments get in? And that leads to a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, just energetic blocks in any, in every direction. You can feel like some type, it's like, why is bad luck isn't a thing. It's not luck. It's not bad luck. It's like, what, what energy, what frequency is not of the highest. It's like fucking with your field essentially. Right. That's what's going on. So yeah, I just really don't see any added, um, any added value to alcohol. And I have a lot of clients who, again, when we're looking at blocks, that's for that. I was just thinking about like what, what comes up for people most often and how they're treating their physical vessel. Right. Cause it's like really lowering their, their vibration. And I've seen this with manifestation where somebody stops drinking or stops doing drugs or stops a certain medication and everything comes in for them. I've seen that many times. Yeah. And it's, that's an incredible too. And I'm, I'm so glad that we talked about this as well, because if you're, you know, listening to this and you're thinking, wow, like there are not enough hours in the day. <laughs> and then you wake up the next morning, you're like, I am not feeling good. Like there's definitely yeah. hours. Then. <laughs> well, that's, the, that's the thing is like, to me being an entrepreneur, and even if you're not an entrepreneur, but like, you just like want to enjoy your life. It's like, it's like being an athlete. There's a reason why athletes take care of their bodies the way they do. They have off seasons, they fuel properly. Like it's because they have to, to perform. And to be honest, like, like being an entrepreneur forced me to step into that, but same with doing energy work and channeling. Like I, if I don't take care of my body, I can't do my job. I literally can't like, I was like, I can't tune in. I can't, I can't do this, you know? So I I take care of my body in that way. And it gives me more time in a day. If you think about optimizing time and energy, like if I'm feeling sluggish and tired, my brain isn't working, I'm going to get 25% of what I need to get done done. Versus like, if I'm fully operating at at hundred percent, I can finish everything I need in, in just a couple of hours. And then some, you know, so you, you squeeze way more time out of the day, uh, which also allows you to have more social time and more you time. And just, you know, I go to the beach, I go to the forest. Like I get, I get to fit all of that in because I am energized and I've taken care of myself and I'm fully present to everything I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear, you know, because you channeled your book, I'd love to hear either maybe your favorite concept or maybe even one that was the most, I don't want to say like shocking, but maybe the most Mm -hmm. impactful for you. The whole book. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think, you know, what I think is really important, like with this kind of stuff is like I learn from this the same way anybody else who reads it does, you know? And it's like, they're all lessons for me. And I feel like every single page of this book, I'm like, Oh, there was, there was something in there for me. Right. Like that was a call out. And that's what I love about it. Um, I think that the thing that hit me hardest was really, it relates back to the, it's back to the concept of releasing. Right. And, and for me, it's this, I don't know what the direct line was, but they're basically saying like, 
you can't, how do you expect to magnetize everything you want if you're doling your signal by not showing all of who you are and not fully owning all of who you are? And it's essentially like, where are you hiding? You know? And for me, that was really looking at like when I, when I read a paragraph that was going into that, I just stopped and I was like, where am I divided? Right. Like if I'm still, I think about like, um, situations where I dole down parts of my personality or how woo I am. And that's really who I am. Right. And I'm like, well, how do I think I'm going to be super magnetic? Uh, if I am not fully going into what I'm, what I'm here to do, right. Where I'm halfway and halfway out. So it was really like a call out for me of like where I felt like things aren't moving. Is it because I'm asking for everything I want? Am I really showing up in that way? And, and for me, it was also, um, I was in a relationship that honestly with that book, I was like, I can't, I have to release this. Uh, and that was a big life decision that like, I, I realized I don't feel safe in this relationship to be all of myself. And I feel like I can't ask for everything I need and I don't want to feel that way, you know? And I realized like, I'm like doling myself down to make this relationship work, I feel. And so of, of course, everything I want isn't coming straight to me. Like it's that simple of like me being all of myself and shining that proudly. Like that was what it really was. It was like, you, you have to embody all of yourself and show it to the world. Like share that vibration clearly, loudly, powerfully. And that is how everything that you want finds you. Otherwise it's, it's basically like, you know, if I'm a bright light and I just like put a cloth over me and I'm hoping people are going to find me, it's like, you can't find me. So that was something that really hit me hard. Um, you know, there are so many analogies in the book that I love. And two of the ones that I love the most are like this, this analogy of the flower with manifestation where it's like, you know, people are always like, it's not working. It's not working. And it's the same thing as, you know, you plant a flower and the roots are growing and you might not see it above the surface, but that doesn't mean it's not growing. And that's what happens so often with manifestation and clients will come to me and they're like, it's not working. And I'm like, yeah, it is. It's just all shifting so much in the energetic. Right. And then it just takes, it takes some time to shift in the physical, but everything's moving. And we have to realize when we're manifesting, there's so many other moving parts. There are maybe somebody else has to leave their job or they have to leave their relationship or, you know, this person has to move out of their house so that you can buy that one. Like once you set the intention, there's so much going on and other people are involved it can take a second for it to drop in, but that doesn't mean it's not working. Once you've asked, it's coming to you. And if you keep asking for the same thing again and again and again, that's just a sign that you don't really believe it's coming. Like, because when you know, you don't have to ask twice, right? Like when you know, you don't have to ask twice. Like if I place my order with the waiter, I don't call him over again and be like, here's my order again. It's like, he's like, yeah, I just got that five minutes ago. Right. So it's the same thing with the universe. So the flower analogy, I feel like was really like profound for me of just remembering like it's so simple, but just remembering like, just because I can't see it doesn't mean it's not growing. It just hasn't hit the surface yet, you know? And so just to be fully confident and that the whole way through, because the thing is, if I don't see it and then I give up, I'm going to stop watering the plant and then it will die. Right. So it really is about holding the vibrations so the manifestation can come to life and not giving up on it just because you can't see it in the physical yet. It still is growing. That was one. And then the other one that I love so much is it was about like comparing comparing, creating your reality or manifesting to creating a song. 
and an artist and like basically how like an artist is creating a song and they're starting with a template. And what makes a song really magnetic is, is the energy behind it. Like you can think about music you listen to and you can tell when like someone wrote their own song and like you're there feeling it. Like, they, like you can feel that vibration, the intensity of the emotion behind it. It just has a whole different feeling. Like it will move you to tears compared to maybe someone singing a song they didn't write, or it's just kind of like a teeny boppy. Like there's no, there's not a lot of real emotion and that's all great too. Right. Um, but it's like, if I'm listening to all too well from Taylor Swift, there's a reason I'm on the floor crying. Right. Uh, like, like there's a reason, uh, versus, I don't know other songs where I'm just like listening. Yeah. Great. Dancing. Uh, and, and, part of that magnetism is the emotion. And so going into like, okay, so what makes you magnetic is the emotion. It's the frequency underneath it. That's how you create a hit song. And you can start with this template of like, okay, here are the lyrics and, uh, or like here, here's the melody. Right. And as you go, and as you're working on it, you start to realize, oh, wait, maybe this note sounds better here. Right. Or maybe this word works better here. And you're like, basically anchoring into the intention or anchoring into the emotion, what you want to convey through. And then you're just letting that music flow through you. And then you're shifting things as you go. And I think that's a really important thing for people to think about in terms of manifestation, because this is about detachment from it, it coming to fruition or looking the exact way that you expect it to in the beginning. And so often people block themselves because they decide this is what I want. This is what it's going to look like. And this is how it's going to come through. Well, what if what you think you want is not what you actually want. And what if you got that and you hated it, right? The universe has something better in plan for you. And so it's detaching from the how you don't have to figure out how, but then also like, what if what gets delivered to you is, is even better, right? So maybe you think that that song is going to be some slow acoustic song. And then you're towards the end of the process. And you're like, you know what, this would sound really cool with like a sick ass beat behind it. And we're going to like electronic it up here, right? Like you're allowed to change your mind there because something better could be delivered to you. And so that's something that's really important that I've learned again and again, where I'd be like, I'm manifesting this in and something gets delivered to me. And if I wasn't open, I would be like, nope, that's a no, right? That's not hundred percent of what I want. So that's a no, but what if the universe was delivering something I didn't know I, I really wanted, right? Cause I thought I wanted this, but what if that's the thing that allows me to feel the way I want to feel? So it's really just being open to how it can shift and change and like flowing with the music. And so that was one of my favorite analogies in the book. I love that so much. And for everybody listening, I will link Christina's book, Manifestation Mastery in the show notes. So you can all go check that out. Highly recommend reading it. And I want to ask you a very selfish question because I am just super curious. I've heard you say a couple of times that this is your last incarnation here on earth. So a, first of all, I'd love to know what that means. And B, does that mean like what comes after that? Does anything come after that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's so, you know, when we incarnate, we have different soul lessons to learn and different like karmic debt that we acquire essentially. And there's like this balancing out, right. To kind of like learn all the lessons we need to learn for soul evolution. And so I'm like on my last one where like this one, it's a final clearing up for me. It's around relationships. Um, and then I, my soul will have evolved. I'm a very old soul. Uh, and then I, I will, you know, go into spirit realm. And if I, if I want to ever come back, it would be a choice for a specific reason. Um, but that I don't believe I will come back in that in, in human form again, if we're going off of like linear time. Um, and I actually have, I've spent, my soul has spent a lot more time being a spirit guide, to humans and it has inhuman incarnations. Um, so it's kind of like, there aren't really any other lessons to, to learn. Um, I haven't learned all my lessons in this lifetime, 
right? But like just in, in the totality of the incarnations, the, all the human stuff that I, I needed to learn, I've, I've done, and this is the last one, right? So that's kind of what that means. And after, after that point, it will be, um, I'll stay more in spirit form and higher dimensions. I might incarnate in other, um, oh, they're saying, no, I won't really. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, maybe I'll incarnate on in different galaxies, uh, you know, different planets, but yeah, I think I'm just going to probably stay more in a higher dimensional form and just, you know, be floating around in my light body. That's exciting. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I know I was like really curious, so I, I had to ask, but okay. What's coming up next for you? I know you're writing two more books. Um, is that going to be kind of the main focus or what other things do you have coming up? Yeah, I have a lot of fun stuff coming up. Um, I am doing a big purge right now of like <laughs> everything. <laughs> so I'm releasing pretty much anything that's not channeling. Uh, and I really just want to open up the space for like the transmissions to come through that need to come through. And so I'm, I have one book I'm channeling this month and then another one next month. And so those will probably come out, you know, probably next January, February, it just takes time to pull that all together. Uh, so I, I do plan on consistently writing books. I have a bunch of new products coming out. So we have, uh, an Oracle deck and some fun, like, I don't don't know, uh, necklaces and different things like that. Um, journals. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about products coming out. I'm really pumped about that. Um, and I have quite a few just like transmissions coming through. So, um, I'm doing something, I don't know when this comes out at the end of March, uh, called awakening accelerator. So it's going to be like basically, uh, a big live virtual two day event where we go into all things, awakening and soul contracts and working with your spirit guides in the universe and mastering your energy. So I'm pumped about that. I'm going to do, um, a lot more around like business energetics. So really the way that I'm kind of doing my business from here on out is going to be more like virtual live experiences that are like shorter kind of workshop style and everything's going to be channeled. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And that's kind of what I'm shifting into. And I really want to be writing and I'm getting back to blogging, which I'm pumped about uh, and just kind of sharing behind the scenes. And I feel because I'm going so much deeper into just like into channeling and trans channeling, I want there to be a space for people to kind of just like see like Christina and like what I'm going through in my human stuff and how I learn from them. Um, so I'm really like shifting the energy around that there and, and clearing out all of the the other versions of me. So that's, that's what I'm up to. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. Uh, yeah, I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. Um, I've absolutely loved seeing you evolve. Obviously I'm, I'm such a big fan and let people know where they can learn more about you, where you hang out. Um, would highly recommend Christina's podcast. It has been life-changing for me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Well, podcast is definitely, a great place to find me. It's just called Christina, the channel. There's a lot to binge there. I've been podcasting for, I mean, almost seven years now, which is crazy. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot there. And then my website is Christina, the channel.com. That's where you can find like all of my different offers and recordings and freebies and all that fun stuff. Um, you can find my Instagram at Christina, the channel. I'm really putting more focus on YouTube from here on out. So if it's just youtube.com slash Christina, the channel, um, and yeah, that, that's kind of where I hang out. Uh, all, all of the places are Christina, the channel. So I would love to connect 
And if you do want to check out the book, if you go to manifestationmasterybook.com, you can find it there. And if you end up reading it and it resonates and you leave an iTunes rating and review, uh, if you email that to media at christinathechannel.com, you can get a free bonus chapter that I recommend getting because I feel like the book is incomplete with the bonus chapter. So uh, I recommend getting it. Yeah. So definitely tag me if you get the book and you read it. Like, like it's so wild to me. Uh, every time somebody posts about it, like I literally just like tear up. I'm like, that is, that book has my name on it. Right. And it's like in someone's hand, like, it's so cool. Um, and it's something I've been dreaming about since I was a, Oh my God, I love it. There she has it. She has it here. (laughs) It's just so wild because I've been dreaming about like being an author since I was a kid. And I was talking to my best friend since like, you know, forever. And I was like, dude, I can't believe we're here. Like we used to like lay on the floor of my room when we were like 10 and talk about how I was going to be an author and you were going to be a marine biologist. And, uh, you know, here we are. And I mean, I certainly didn't expect it to come out this way. (laughs) Uh, I thought I I thought I was going to write like a Harry Potter-esque kind of thing, which you know, it still might come up. Um, but yeah, so it's just really cool. And I really do appreciate all the support and, uh, it means a lot. So I'm just really grateful and, you know, thank you so much for having me on the show. And it's been so cool to see you grow and expand and shift and step into all of your magic. Uh, so yeah, I'm just really excited all around. So thank you for having me. I love it. Thank you so much. A huge thank you to Christina for coming on the show, for chatting with me, for answering all of my questions, and I am seriously just so thankful to her, her presence in my life, and being a never-ending expander for me, showing me what's possible, and being such a big cheerleader. I hope you loved this episode as much as I did when I recorded it, and if you want to continue to spread the love, be sure to tag me and tag Christina on Instagram. Instagram. I can't wait to see what resonated with you from the show. I am at Expand with Chelsea. You can find Christina at Christina the channel. Tag us both so we can see what you're loving from the show. Thank you so, so much for listening, and I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. I will talk to you next episode.